Hi, and welcome to Talking With Cancer. I'm Katie. And I'm Claire. Thanks for joining us today. So grab a coffee or a tea. In your favourite mug. Let's get settled down and begin this week's conversation. Hello. Hi. Oh, wow, you're so loud. You're so in my ears. <laughs> Sorry, this was our tip, wasn't it, Claire, to yes, get a this, microphone? This, this was our tip to improve the professional broadcast quality of our uh, sessions. So do you think this, this is a microphone? Definitely. Okay. So it looks like a microphone to me. Well, you look very Madonna. Do I? I feel like I'm about to take off on an aeroplane. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Doors to manual. Doors to manual. There'll be a bit of turbulence on the way, which means it's going to be fucking bumpy. You're fucking bumpy. You'll spill your little gin and tonic all over yourself. Watch out for the peanuts. Um, I love your glasses. Thank you very much. I'm trying to just get it. I'm trying to get rid of that wrinkle. You know, we're going to have lots of viewers on this. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. But glasses is a much better way than Botox. Well done. Well, I think so. It's just because I just obviously clearly just the world perturbs me. I just scowl quite a lot. So I've got this massive wrinkle there. Um, right. Um, sorry, sorry for this being late this week, but I was unavoidably um, caught out by COVID. Um, so no. How are you feeling? Much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much, much, much better. As I said, my own Good. fault. My own fault for going wilding on um, St. Patrick's night. Um, with more people than I've ever been a room, haven't been a room with for like the last two years. So anyway, um, was it worth it? Was it worth getting COVID? In retrospect, yes, yes, it was. Okay, good. You had a yeah, good time then. It was, it was right. So when we last spoke, um, you were you'd been given the green light by your by your cardiologist, and you, I think, the following day after we spoke, you were going for your brain MRI and then a PET scan, and then. This week, you were seeing Professor Popat mm, mm-hmm. on Tuesday, and you were, fingers crossed, going to be starting your treatment. So where are you, my, where are you, my lovely was? Good recap. What God, it's, it's, um, it's kind of, because obviously I was thinking, are we going to chat? And I need to recap. And once I start, it kind of gets easier. But, you know, the brain MRI feels like so long ago. But, but I was thinking that when I listened back to the show, I was like, how this is only a week. Like it doesn't, it feels like, it feels like a really long time since we last spoke. And it's, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. The brain MRI um, was, was fine. Again, they give you an injection. It's amazing, this injection. And then it just goes whoop, straight where it needs to go. And they take photos of your brain. And I was literally like, come on, brain, smile for the camera. Give it your best shot. Show us your good bits. Yeah. And I think I was okay. I don't think I was that nervous. I just told myself, this is just what they have to do before they yeah. give you the treatment. Yeah. Not that they think there's anything or that they've seen anything, but just like, that's just, just what they've got to do. Necessary procedure. So, yeah. so did that, um, went to the Royal Marsden at 8.40 that next morning and did the MRI. And then um, and then also kind of realised how far away that place mm. is. It feels like, it really feels like another world. And it's, you know, it's a long way. And it's like, oh, I don't really feel familiar with it. So that yeah. was kind of weird. And then went back the following morning for a PET CT scan. Mm. And so I had that before, but at a different hospital. But it, it's more or less, you know, it's, it's the same procedure. So they ask you some questions. And this was quite an interesting realisation that like, you know, in this process, you'll meet different nurses, you know, and different people along the way. And they'll all say something 
you know, that may or may not be hard to take, you know. And with mm-hmm. her, I had to fill out this form. And one of the questions was like, have you had a PET CT scan before? So I said, yes, because I'd had it at a different hospital. They didn't have everything, obviously, like on their yeah. records. So I said, yes. And I put the date and it was about three and a half weeks previous to this one. So when she was going through it all, she said, oh, do you have one three and a half weeks ago? Does the doctor know that? Like they're giving you one again so soon because I don't think it's great to have this radioactive dye put in your body. Yeah, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's, yeah, yeah and that's not making me feel, no. feel great, you no. know. <laughs> and then we had the conversation about whether this was lung or whether this was thyroid because I think at that point I still didn't, I'd, it was the second time that I hadn't had the all clear on the lung. So I said, they're still not totally sure. And she said, well, either one, hopefully they'll be able to treat it yeah, and you'll be fine. And I say, well, what does the hopefully bit mean? Mm. What does she know? Mm. Mm. And I think like, I know that she doesn't know anything really. Yeah, she doesn't. You know, yeah. she's just making chit chat. But like every word yeah. is so you're, powerful. Yeah, and you're and you're so sensitized to it as well. Cause I think when you're in that space, you're like, well, you're the experts. You you kind of know you you know, or, or like you expect them to be up to speed. And so like you are you're really sensitized to what you're being you're being told. And that's just that ends up just being a really clumsy word choice on her part. And I and I don't think that people in the medical profession have any understanding of the power of their of the power of their words and whether that is verbally said to you in a sort of conversational setting like that informally and and you've also mentioned that you've mentioned it before but like in the letters that you receive and like how difficult that is to to digest and yeah yeah I mean we, we you know yeah. again it's, we've talked about this but I think it's so interesting and I have noticed a massive difference in the language they use, well, the oncology team use at the Royal Marsden compared yeah. to the language I heard before. Like even, I'll come on to it, but even when I met Prof Popat, you know, he told me this was unusual, which mm-hmm. is kind of a much sort of gentler way of saying like rare or yeah. complicated. Yeah. Um, you know, the other oncologist, um, Kate Newbold, used the word progressive Again, mm. sort of a bit better. The cells are progressive. It's a bit better. That it's better than aggressive. Yeah, yeah. It's just got a more positive ring to it's, it. Yeah. So really interesting. And I and I'd be interested to find, understand what their training is when it comes to the use of yeah. language and what they're. Told. But also, like but you as you as someone going through this, being able to say these are the words I would like you to use around me, just as much you know, like this is part of my treatment. This is what's helpful for me for you to refer to it in in these ways. Yeah. And, you know, this goes back to reminding ourselves that they are people at Mm. the end of the day. And I think like, you know, even the fact that like this nurse was dealing with me very differently to the other nurse that did my PET CT scan at the London Clinic. You know, the other one taught me through everything that was going to happen, every step of it and you know, why she was doing certain things. You know, she even did a bit more, like she took my blood test to check my sugar levels. Just there and then they take a little drop of blood. And, Mm. um, you know, she talked about the radioactivity. Like I have, you know, when you come out from that, you have to like not be around pregnant women or children because they don't know the effects that it might have. But, you know, I knew all of that, but this nurse wasn't quite as coherent about it. And there was something else she'd said, which I was told to be more careful about, but she didn't seem to think it mattered. So all I'm saying is, you know, I'm not saying one's right and one's wrong, but Mm. I'm just saying like, I've gone for exactly the same treatment in two different places. And, you know, it was quite a different 
experience. experience. You know, the other nurse said to me, the original nurse said, while, while once we inject you, like really we prefer you to just kind of stay calm and lie here because we don't want any looking at your phone and your brain will then mm. start to be very active. Mm. So they kind of, I think they get better images actually if, you're, if your mind is not like thinking, jotting around. Mm. Whereas this time she said, if you know, we need you to lie here. It's like 50 minutes or an hour. You can look at your phone. There's a TV if you want, you know. And I just thought, oh, that's okay. It's very different, wow. very different. So it was, it was a very hot day and I lay in this hospital room like on my own and I didn't want to look at the TV and I knew not to look at my phone. I was just looking at this guy and I just kind of thought, I'm, I'm here. Yeah. I'm on my own. I'm in a hospital room. How, 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 how has this happened to me? Yeah. I don't understand. And it was just, you know, again, that realisation, like going to hospitals, being, you know, just going through the motions and kind of just letting your body, like, be violated in a way. is yeah. kind of how it feels because you you just got to surrender and you, you just got to do what, exactly what you're told to do. Yeah. So that was a really interesting like 50 minutes of just being in this room. And I, and you know what? Like I probably get a bit emotional, but I just, I felt really sad for myself actually. Yeah. So I thought, mm, I'm not meant to be here. This no. wasn't, you know, my life wasn't meant to look like this. So I felt a lot of sadness that day and I came back on the bus and um the other interesting thing, sorry, when they do the scan is that I know what she can see now. I didn't mm-hmm. when I had it before. Yeah. And I know she can't tell me, you know, she's taking the pictures and she can't tell me. And after I'm done, gone in the machine and, you know, do it first with your arms up for about 20 minutes and then your arms down. Mm. Oh, and they played George Michael that time. That's great. Did you, um, did you ask for that? Or was I that asked just... for George Michael. I asked for George Michael. I was just like, oh, this is lovely. And um, I said to her, did you get good pictures? That was my question because I can't tell you what I saw. Mm. I said, I know, but the pictures okay because you just at least want to know yeah, like they're going to be clear is the clarity so, all right yeah yeah she said you were very still well done you're very still you know then it's like god how do you do that job where you can see inside someone yeah and then you have to have like a poker face and you can't and well you can't tell them anyway because it's not your that's not your path that you process yeah. a bit to tell them but yeah yeah so I came back on the bus and there was lots of traffic and it was quite a frustrating long journey. Like I was getting the bus to somewhere and then I was getting the tube to somewhere and it was like, t- felt like forever. And then I just thought, well, it'd have to be anywhere. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't really matter. I can just sit on the bus and be in this. And again, like time just felt funny. Time just felt different. I didn't feel mm. kind of stressed about time or about having to wait, you know, or traffic or roadworks, or any of those things. You know, we rush around so much. Like, we always have to be somewhere else from where we are. And it just hit me that, like, again, that's a kind of different mindset, just to be where you are, even if you don't really want to be there. (laughs) Like, Mm. you feel like it's a waste of time, but actually, it's the time you're in, right? Yeah, yeah. And even if you're... And that's the funny thing, is we think we're rushing, we think we're moving time fast, but we're not. not. We're just disassociating from the from the moment and to actually have to be in something for the full duration of that time we don't yeah often, I mean have you ever done a speed do awareness that? test no because you don't drive and when you do you probably drive I, really slowly I, no I don't oh my god um well this is a sort of a sidebar but yeah my brother and sister want to get me rally driving lessons Katie I'm a nightmare in the car I drive so quickly 
I accelerate around corners. Like, like, don't get in the car with me. I'm lethal. Oh my God. I'm lethal. I know you wouldn't believe it, but I am. Well, not lethal, but I like speed. <laughs> wow. Okay. I didn't know that. Well, I've actually done one before years ago, which is like, if you speed an extra five miles an hour or something, you probably save two minutes. Mm, yeah. But we feel like if we just go that bit faster, yeah, yeah, or we yeah. just go through the orange light and we just, it's going to make a massive difference. Yeah. And, and actually it, like mathematically it doesn't. But also you only ever really just ever get as far as like the next set of traffic lights anyway. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of a sort of a fool's errand, isn't it? Yeah. yeah and all that kind anywhere. of stress. And I think it's the same thing. It's like rushing around. Mm. So Anyway, that was kind of, again, quite profound, just being in time and, and, and also just feeling that sadness, kind of being in that sadness and just thinking this year, you know, I said to Dinch at the beginning of the year, like 2022, it's got to be a good one. Come on. It's got to be a Bring good it. one. Um, and that's what the sadness was about. You know, this yeah. just wasn't this part of the plan yeah. at all. Well, we can't plan, can we really? That's the thing. Mm-hmm. So um, the weekend, my brother came. And I was so tired and I was so, I was just so upset that I was still here, you know, with cancer, with Mm. no treatment. It was just so horrific. And actually I was saying to someone, it was like, it was literally like drowning and no one throwing me a lifeline. Like, oh, oh, like what's going on? And yeah, it was a really difficult weekend. It was really, really hard. And like, I, yeah, I had my brother here, which was lovely. But again, I feel I want to make things nice and I want yeah. to make, you know, and I just felt really, really tired and really sad and really emotional and really ill. Yeah. I felt really ill. I felt like, yeah, just, just in pain and just oh, like sore, you know, sore and. <laughs> then my breathing was hurting more and like the rib and just it was just really I felt awful and then like Dinch at one point like pointed out on my neck he was like why do you think you've got like you've got some spots there what, what do you think that is and I was like maybe the cancer's making spots and he was like have you washed your neck and I was like no I haven't washed my neck for five oh, weeks God. I haven't touched my neck. neck yeah because if I accidentally do I feel a lump yeah. and it's yeah. so yeah. scary yeah. and yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think especially like touching it like without being able to do anything about it without being on treatment I just couldn't I just really couldn't so it was just like oh my god I've got a really dirty spotty neck because <laughs> I haven't washed it <laughs> Katie, but do you know what I thought and I actually just did this morning I was like if I just get a flannel yeah and if I wash it with a flannel then it's like something there it's not me having to touch it which is what I just did I just gave it a really good clean I was like oh that's really good okay I know how to wash it now but also I'm feeling slightly different about things since I've been on the treatment but I'll, I'll come on to that like I feel different about what I see and how I touch it because yeah. I almost want to know once the treatment starts working, it's going to feel and look different. Yeah, because I think so. So that was going to be like sort of the main, well, main sort of thing that I, I wanted to discuss with t- today was like your relationship with your with your body, and that's really interesting to to hear that you like you've been fearful of touching touching yourself directly because it must feel really frightening and, and and to come into contact with it and and know that it's 
it's there. And, and then has that, has that changed since you've, so you've started, you've started treatment now. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and is that, is that relationship changing or I think, you know. I feel like it is. I feel like I'm, because I suppose I've got an army now. Yeah. I can take it on with some strength. That's how I feel. Like, I don't feel so vulnerable Mm. to discover things because I feel like, okay, well, it's going to get better. Yeah. So, like, it's okay that something's there because it's going to be gone soon. That's how I feel about it. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, my relationship, my body has been, like, hugely different. Like, I... I mean, what's interesting, again, is since COVID, you know, we've all got used to wearing sports bras and leggings and comfortable clothing. I've done that again because of this rib, which actually turns out I have a fracture. And the fracture is because of the the cancer. That's what can happen. I don't have cancer. I don't think I have cancer in the bone. I think I have cancer that's like caused a little, little fracture. Okay. So that's what the pain has been. Okay. They confirmed that to me. Yeah. So wearing a bra has been really uncomfortable because it's right there. Um, and, and yeah, I think like one of my friends said to me really early on, what are the things that you can control at the moment? And I was like, my hygiene. <laughs> so I've, all, I've been like really kind of grateful for like, you know, a daily shower, which I would do anyway. But I'm just saying like just that moment. And actually what I've been doing is going from hot to cold at the end. I'll turn it to cold and I feel like that's good for my body. It's good for your lymphatics. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah. and I think my relationship with my body, you know, what I've noticed is like, because I've not done any exercise, I mean, apart from walking, like my muscles just feel, they actually I can see and I can feel like there's no tone at all. And, yeah. you know, I don't like that feeling. And um, it's really interesting. At the beginning, I said to Dinch, like, I hate my body when I found mm. out about all of this. And I said to him after one procedure, I was like, I just want, I wish I had your neck. You know, I just felt like all of these things were letting me down. And then I just thought, well, you know what, Claire, like, I've got to love my body. I mean, I can't, I can't feel like that towards it. Like, you know, okay, there's things that it's not doing right, but there are things it's doing right. And I've got to just, just be grateful for the things it's doing right. You know, sometimes I think like, because they do this scan and it goes like to your pelvis. And I think, oh, there's nothing wrong with my feet. there's nothing wrong with my legs there's nothing wrong with like my groin area my stomach my and I just work my way up yeah yeah (laughs) you know I sort of stop around there but you know and I just think yeah that's all working you know that's all working and that's all okay and you know I got the results of my brain MRI and it's fine there's nothing in my brain and they've confirmed there is no lung cancer they've reconfirmed that oh Katie what amazing news yeah it's It's like okay great for a second time I've been told that great yeah um and you know in a funny way I mean the lung oncologist described cancer as clever I'm not angry with the cancer like again I don't say you know I don't say to it fuck off you fucking cancer like I'm like okay guys it's ready to get better now all right you've had your time (laughs) literally because I don't want to like feed it anger I know that sounds so weird I don't think it does I think you don't want to be brewing that extra ferocity in your body I don't think it's going to be helpful to you no and you know when I feel anger and that might be anger towards a person or what someone's done or said when I when I feel it I actually do feel it with my neck throbbing. I felt that. Really? Last, yeah. And um, and it's like, 
okay, I need to calm the fuck down. down. Yeah. Because I'm releasing stuff. It's getting, you know, it, and it literally, that is where I feel it throbbing in the neck. In, in, in your, and do you notice that? Do, was that yeah. a thing you were aware of previously? Like with anger coming up in your body, like it would be in your neck or like? No, I mean, I like more like a kind of chest heart yeah. pounding thing. I have definitely like in latter years noticed I hold tension in my neck. Yeah. Sure. Like I was never had that awareness before. I didn't feel it there, but like, yeah, I would feel it more recent. No, I don't mean, I mean like in the last four or five years, yeah, you know, yeah. I've just suddenly gone, oh, I get tension in my neck. It's mm. like tight. But yeah, being angry in my body is just not, it's not going to help. It's so, not going to get you anywhere. Yeah, yeah. But it's, you know, the strangest thing is kind of that there's anything going on in my body at all. I mean, we all have that, don't we? We all can't really believe that, you know, everything that's happening all in one moment yeah. is happening or yeah. finds that we've got something and we didn't know it was there it or, was you know, I mean, my friend was comparing it actually to being pregnant in the sense that like, you know, you can be pregnant. You don't even really believe that there's a baby growing inside you, you know, that yeah. you're giving this thing life. Yeah. Um, and it is a bit like that. It is a bit like that. Like I just, it, it is it, there's a mind-body connection in that I do believe that my mind and how my thoughts are and when I talk to it, that that is doing something. But there's also, there's a disconnection a dis- with a disassociation happening inside yeah. my body. So it has, it's definitely changed, but I'm definitely trying to work on it. And I also, you know, what, what I actually, what I did this week, I went to the Hampstead Ponds. Did you? I went for a dip, which is like, it's not, I'm not a big swimmer. I don't love swimming. I just wanted to get in that water. Water, Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. 10 degrees. It was freezing cold. And I literally like got in, did five strokes and got out. And it was well like done. tingly, very, very tingly, very, very tingly. I was like, is that, is that the cancer? Is that the treatment? Is that the cold water? It's the freezing cold water. Well, it you know, felt really good. And like, it's, did you feel better? Up? But I think just being in that bit of the ponds though, there's, there is a special sort of... Um, there's a special energy there. There is. It feels cocooning, that little bit of green, I it's think. It's amazing. I mean, look, you yeah. know I love the heath and you love yeah. the heath and I love being outdoors and, yeah, it was just lovely. It was I'll, just hap- really I'll lovely. happily come with you. I've never been. I've never oh, been in. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Let's okay. do it. So, yeah, it's been been a lot, lots of interesting ha- things happening. And then on, on Tuesday, um, Ditch and I, we went to meet Prof Popat. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, and he's at the Royal Brom. Is he at the Royal Brompton? Where is he? Royal is he Marston. at Marston? So so are you mainly going to be at the Royal Marston, or are you also going to be at the, 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 so the, the Royal Brompton? The Royal Brompton is was, just was where that just I the went. Cardiology. Exactly. Okay, fine. Okay, so the Royal Marston is going to be for everything. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the Royal Marston is is where I'm, I'm being seen now. Mm. Um, and Professor Popat is their lung oncologist. And you know, again, so this is. Oh, I've got some facts and stats for you. Go on, hit me so, up. In five yeah. weeks, I have been to five different hospitals. I've had three different clinical nurses. Mm. I've seen six different doctors and I've had 12 different types of tests or scans or procedures. Wow. So th- those are the numbers. Um, so this was the sixth doctor I'd seen. Go on, Katie. And... Um, he so again you know you give him the background he had it all he had all of my notes and everything Mm -hmm. on his screen um and basically he said you know um I'm gonna give you your drugs today Mm -hmm. and what are you taking what are they called 
Um, I'm I actually before before I come on to that. Sorry, what happened on no, Sunday no, was me. I got I got myself into this panic that I knew there was going to be some red tape in getting these drugs, right? So I emailed the couple of PAs, thought just loop them all in mm-hmm. to say, look, I just want to reiterate, like, where is this process in getting the treatment authorized? Where's mm-hmm. it at? Mm-hmm. And I didn't expect to hear back from them on a Sunday, but I just wanted to know, could you just update me? And I got an email straight away back from Dr. Kate Newbold, who's mm-hmm. my thyroid oncologist, because mm-hmm. she must read the PA's emails. And she just said, Katie, how are you? I'm going to call you tomorrow. And I wrote back to her and I told her what my symptoms were because I wasn't feeling well at all. Mm-hmm. And the next day she called me and she said, look, I'm doing everything I can to make sure that you will get the drugs this week. Mm-hmm. She said, the good news is that Bupa have approved it. Yeah. Um, and then she also said, the lung, the lung's clear. So I said, great, we, we like a bit of good news. Mm-hmm. She said, I was at a conference in France last week, actually, and I was talking about your case. And one of my colleagues from Harvard was there and he is treating someone with exactly the same as you. She, she called it hobnail with the Ross One fusion. Wow. And it sounds like a delicious Korean dish or it something. It does, doesn't, doesn't it? it? Exactly. I'll just get, can I just get the, the, the Ross One refusion on as a side? It does feel like that, doesn't it? <laughs> like... <laughs> Do you have any hobnail with that? Yeah, yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. I yeah, love, yeah. The love, love a bit of that. hobnail. Oh, mm. it's delicious. <laughs> so anyway, we go in, we meet Prof Popat. He's ready to give me my drugs. He's like ready to prescribe. And we're very, very excited. And um, he explains to me that every, every fetus has the ROS1 gene mm-hmm. and everyone is born with the ROS1 gene. Um, but then you, you switch it off. You, you, you don't need it anymore. And something has switched mine back on. Mm. So what I don't know is, is it the switched on gene that's caused the cancer? No. Or is the cancer there and then the ROS1 is basically responsible for the fact that it's spread, you know, through my lymph nodes everywhere? Mm. So that's more question. And when I did say to him, you know, could it be IVF that triggered it? He didn't, he didn't shut that down. Yeah. You know, and again, that's not about me going on some kind of warpath. That's about putting something in place that means the clinics yeah. that treat IVF have yeah. to have some kind of genetic screening or something. Yeah. Um, but that's for a later stage. There's nothing, you know, I yeah. don't have the bandwidth to kind yeah. of explore that right now, but I will, I will be interested to understand that better. So, yeah, he. You know, look, he, he again, he explained, look, cancer is very clever. But basically, like, the lymph nodes that have all the cancer are kind of living off this ROS1 gene. Yeah. And what this drug does is it shuts down the ROS1 gene. Mm-hmm. So the cancer can't carry on living on it. You know, it's almost like it's not feeding off it yeah. anymore. Yeah. And then it shrinks. And then they can really get to the root of it and, like, you know, I can't really ask him like what the long-term plan is because he's a lung oncologist. He doesn't have a long-term treatment plan. He's just treating me with these drugs. And by the way, like I could be on these drugs or a version of these drugs for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So the long-term plan is really for Kate Newbold. Yeah. You know, she's the one that knows how to deal with thyroid cancer. So he's sort of getting me into a place where she can, I mean, you know, they're coordinating obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so there he is. He's told me to come off all my supplements. And I was like, oh, 
Sanjay, he told me to call him Sanjay. I said, Sanjay, I thought you'd be up for it. He said, let's get you on these drugs, Katie, and get you properly on them. And then I might be up for it. But he was just like, how am I going to know? How am I going to know what's working if if you're still on this this other stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So he starts putting in the prescription and um, I get told, look, you need to go and have bloods done. You need to have another ECG on your heart and then the drugs will be at the pharmacy in a couple of hours. Mm. So I was like, oh my God. You know, and it had been five weeks to the day, five weeks to the day that I've been told I had cancer. So I was just like, oh my God, come on, let's just go have something to eat and then we can come back. So waiting around, which felt like forever, but again, time is different. It's a different experience now. And went to the pharmacy, gave them my hospital number, said, I'm here to pick up drugs. And they said, okay, we're just going to process everything. Just give us a minute, come back out. And they go, now, these are very new drugs. And I went, I know. It's amazing, isn't it? And he goes, and they're not actually here. And I said, what? I said, no, no, that cannot be. I said, I have been told I have had cancer for five weeks and I'm getting my treatment today. Where are they? And he said, well, they are actually in our hospital in Sutton and they can courier them to us and you can come back tomorrow and pick them up at lunchtime I said no I'm taking them today I'm going to Sutton now which is like about an hour away from the hospital um please can you call the pharmacy and tell them I'm coming so they did the call and I I was so this is again I was so assertive Claire I was Mm. so like there is no way that I'm not getting hold of these drugs today please come home with me tonight yeah I go back to Dinch go Dinch we're going to Sutton (laughs) road trip he's like I've got to do like a a review like I've got to do someone's appraisal so it's like I'll drive you do it in the car yeah yeah so we drive to Sutton an hour away and you know that's it's it's an NHS hospital. It's a small hospital and it seems to be like elderly people and children, you know, mm-hmm. and then that's a whole other wake up call, you know, and yeah. it's a small place. And so I'm waiting in the queue at the pharmacy and there's a little child there, you know, with their parents like ill. And it was just like, oh, oh God, God, fuck, like this yeah. is happening in front of my eyes. This is, this is, you know, it's awful. Yeah. And here I am, you know. 35 years, 40 years old than this kid. Um, you know, how are they coping? You know, yeah. and then, so I'm waiting for the drugs and it's all a bit like old people and this woman in a wheelchair who, you know, obviously really cares about her appearance and her jewellery, looking at her rings and she's got her handbag and right in front of me, this interesting yeah, reflection yeah, I yeah, felt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get the drugs and I get given this bottle, which I'm going to show you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's, it's, it is the right drugs, you know, and then they ask you loads of questions and stuff. And I'd gone through all the side effects already, by the way, with um, Professor Popat, which was a bit overwhelming. And I have to say, like, I didn't feel great on this day. Like, even though it was, by all accounts, a good day, I felt, whoa, I've got another chapter now. Like, okay, I hated that five-week chapter, but I kind of got used to it. Now I've got to close that one and yeah. start a brand new one. Yeah, yeah, Again, yeah. unknown. Again, I don't know what I'm going into. And these side effects. So when it cuts off your gene, it also cuts off part of your cognitive nervous system. So I, the side effects can be hallucinations, yeah, yeah, yeah. foggy head, memory loss, bad mood. He said, you could get, I said, didn't you hear that? I might get in a bad <laughs> mood. He said, but you might also get in a good mood. So I was like, okay. Right, okay. Um, so when I came home with my bottle of pills, what did I do in true KP style? What did you do? 
a uh, I stuck a crystal. Yeah, that amethyst on it. It's good. I stuck it's a crystal to my bottle of pills. That is like the super and crystal. I took a photo of my bottle of pills, and I I also put another. I put my own. So they're on trek to nib, and I take three capsules at one time every evening. Okay, and that's six hundred milligrams. And I wrote three incredible pills a day. Thank you. I love you. And then when I take them, you know, I kiss each one and I say a little, like a little mantra. And I'm just like, come on, guys. Come on, guys. Do your thing. This is it. This This is is it. it. Like, it's amazing what they do. Straight away, I felt, I mean, pretty much straight away, I felt I've got this constant funny taste in my mouth. That's another thing. Like Like a metallic-y taste or like just like an iffy? I describe it as like, it's like a prickly tongue. I've got like okay. a prickly tongue. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes like a prickly prickly lips. Mm-hmm. And then I feel this sort of like, it, you know, like if you have a cold sweat, you feel like a cold, you have a sweat and then like the lining of your hair at the back of your neck gets clammy. Yeah. I feel like that. It's not actually clammy. It just mm-hmm. feels like you that. you got the sensation. Is, yeah. Yeah, which is really weird. And then... um you know, last night I felt like a bit of chills, but then I thought, is that from the dip in the in the pond? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I can take on any of these side effects. Yeah. Like, it's fine. You know, I felt a little bit lightheaded. But yesterday I felt so good, Claire. I That's felt so, good, so good. I just felt like, oh my God, I'm getting better. And I feel like I'm on this path now, finally. Yeah. And yeah, it was. Yeah, it was so just. You, so choose, Tuesday, 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 you started taking them. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So you're like day four into. So today, this evening will be my my fourth dose. Your fourth. And he said seven to ten days before you, really before they bed in. Yeah. And you might see a difference within seven to ten days. You know, obviously, I'm looking now, and I'm like anything, yeah, yeah. anything, but there is no change. But my cough definitely feels bit better I have to say that that's, that's amazing yeah that's really amazing how, how frequently do they monitor you on them so I will them? go so back go? in two weeks okay um because the thing is it could affect my heart and it could affect my liver yes that's okay. a more serious side effect actually yeah. um and so they do bloods and they check me I um I actually messaged the nurse yesterday to say should we have a check-in call so I just thought you know yeah yeah I think I should tell her how I am um and yeah, so I see him in two weeks. Then I'll see him again two weeks after that. I've Ooh. already told them, can you please make sure that like my next prescription, that they have them at the pharmacy yeah. ready for me to collect? Because um, I've got four weeks worth there. Okay. Now I, I could be on these drugs, like I said, or some form of these drugs for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, this gene, if it's there. So that's kind of weird as well, like to think about. But, you know, people take drugs for so, the rest so, of their life. So it just, it just shuts the gene off from working. It just basically puts that gene to sleep and stops it being operational. That's what it does. So the cancer's got nothing that it, it's got no food source, basically. That's exactly it? it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Dinch said to me, like, when they say this isn't curable, they can't cure your gene. I mean, maybe one day, you know, maybe in five years, it will be a different thing. Yeah. I'll have to have an injection every year or something. Yeah, I know yeah. that, you know, my friend has got cholesterol stuff and I know that they can do that now with, with mm-hmm. that. So maybe there'll be other other means and other ways to manage it down the line. But ultimately, um, you know, yeah, without medication, they can't stop this gene yeah. Yeah, from fine. being active basically Mm. so um 
So yeah, so that's 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 the deal. So I see him in two weeks, and then I see him again two weeks later. At the same time, then because it will be four weeks, I have the heart review done again. Okay. Um, to just to, to monitor that. Um, and so yeah, that's and again, you know, that's as much as I know. That's as far as I can go go with it. Like I said to you, I just go from appointment to appointment. Yeah. And in the meantime, like I do, I you know. I mean, look, yesterday I felt great. I've got this funny thing of like, I don't want to speak too soon. I don't, no. And I don't want other people to think, oh, she's she's great. Oh, she's she's fine back. now. She's yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah. Just yeah. because um, it might not be. Like, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Every day could be different. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. Like today, again, I'm like, feeling good. Today is a good day. Today is a good day and that's enough. That's a good unit, you know. And you've got your bottle in hand. You've got your bottle in hand. Yeah, this is... And your powerful amethyst. So master good, master healing crystal true though yeah um yeah it's so good yeah and that must feel just a such a relief to I know although you said like you're turning your back on one chapter and you got used to the rhythms of that and um and knowing or knowing what that phase was and now you're embarking on something new but it must feel good to have your to know well, to have that bottle bottle in your in your hand and it know really, that you started your treatment and you're on the path to getting better and moving and moving this on and getting rid of it yeah, yeah. and you know yeah and it's like I said like the people that have come up with this stuff I mean wow geniuses just, just amazing yeah. amazing so yes it's a new chapter and it, it and it you know I, I'm sort of I'm excited about it yeah yeah and thank god for that thank god for the for the scientists and all the doctors and all these incredible people who who give their lives and their glorious brains to developing meds and making people better. Like, uh, yeah, extraordinary. Um, wow, Katie, what a, what a week. What an eight, what an eight days. <laughs> what an yeah. eight days. Yeah, I know. God, it's so interesting doing these chats with you because I, it's just, it's, it's like, it's a really good goalpost it's like a really good reminder of like, okay, it just helps me. It, everything becomes a bit more succinct and I getting such nice feedback about these. And, um, and, and also, you know, some people have responded to want to know different questions, haven't they? Which, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and because I, I, I think that's really important as well is because like, this is us talking, but it's shared. And so like, there are going to be so many things when people hear this, that they want to know. And then maybe asking you directly is not easy, but it being part of this forum makes it, you know, you're ready, you know, you're, you're, you're ready to talk. And so like, it's easier to pose those questions to you. Definitely. In this space. Yes, you know? yes, exactly. So I think that's the thing. If people do want to write back and there's any questions and stuff, then that's fine, isn't it? And I can yeah. send them to you and we can, we can talk about them here. We can read them in. Um, but yeah, and I've been, I, I think like, I've just been really struck by, um, your ability to look at this as just an experience that you're as an experience that you're you're going through you're going through this is not of you it's passing it's passing through you and yeah I really feel that that you will look back on this as a you will look back on this as a whole other chapter you know? yeah I, I I hope so I think so I mean my friend who is a broadcaster he sent me um, an interview he did with a woman who worked with HIV patients and said, you know, having a positive outlook is really helpful. But actually what she found in her study was that if people could find meaning mm. in their illness, yeah. 
that gave them more longevity and something more to hold on to. And, you know, I thought that was really interesting. Like, of course, I'm searching for meaning in this all the time. How is it changing my relationships? How is it shifting? I mean, you know, the hardest thing for me is just doing this for me, you know, and I had a client who said to me, look, I got throat cancer 19 years ago. You need to think about you. He said, I know exactly what that feels like. And he said, you just have to, you have to just focus on you because that's the only way you're going to get better. Yeah. And it's like, wow, you know, I don't, I don't ask people so much what's going on in their lives at the moment. And that's very unusual for me. Um, So there there is some meaning in that. There's some learning in that. Um, no, it is, it is, it's a constant thing, you know, and constantly wondering, you know, what does it mean to, to kind of live and die and get old and be, you know, and all of these things that I think that's, 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 yeah, exactly. And I think that's just, just listening to you and being with you in this way over the last couple of weeks, like it's changing my perception on, it's changing my perception on day-to-day life quite a lot. And emotions, well, and well, but no, that's not. It's not. About, and I don't want to make this because this isn't about me in the slightest. But like hearing you, hearing you, t- hearing you talk, and it's it's just made me a lot more cognizant of like, um, I don't know the power of the mind, the power of a positive outlook, like uh, the belief structures we have in place, how we talk to ourselves, like, and how we want to be, and how we want to be talked to, like, what frames of reference are beneficial for us, how, and 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 and, and then bigger stuff like. I don't know, like, you know, how we create disruption in the IVF industry, how we make medical professions more aware of the exact precise words that they use, all things like that, that affect our sort of emotional body and our spiritual body all the time. And and how, I don't know, how we preserve our containers, how we keep our lights bright. I think that's what I mean, you know, and I think you're, yeah. doing, that, you're doing that really well for yourself. But I'm so pleased if it's, you know, making you or anyone think just in a diff- slightly different way, even for a moment. Because, you know, like I keep saying, it's like, you know how we do this thing of like, we are other people. Yeah, they are us as well. Yeah, and they are us. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. And like when I went in that water, the woman, the lifeguard said, um, you know, she kind of told me and my friend like how to breathe into it. She said, because, you know, she said nine times out of 10, you're fine. (gasps) Yeah. Yeah, And like people hold their breath. It's cold. She said nine times out of 10, you just focus on your breath and you're fine. And I thought, I'm the one out of 10 person now. I never used to feel like that. I never used to think like that. But like, yeah. that is what I'm living. I'm Keep one breathing. out of 10. I'm yeah. the minority. I'm the rare one. So yeah, yeah it doesn't reassure me anymore to mm. hear the statistics. The stats like that. It's really, but it's, it's all- really weird. Like, it's really weird living your life one way and then suddenly finding yourself in, in a different, in a different bracket. Yeah. And but then I think, trying to maintain exactly like you just said yeah. in a different bracket. In, yeah, in a completely different bracket. Well, listen, let me know when it's good to speak um, next week and I should be back to um, normal by then. Okay. Well, you know, whatever, whatever normal is. But um, I love you. Love you, darling. Um, Thanks have so a, much. Have a nice weekend. You too. Bye, treasure. Thanks for listening to this week's Talking With Cancer. Feel free to share the show or give us a review on Apple's podcast, Spotify or Google. It could help other people find out about us and might help someone you don't know who's got questions about cancer. Please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Either via our Instagram, which is talking underscore with cancer 
or you can email us hello at talkingwithcancer.com. See you next time. Bye.